Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. Hi, Jim. Hey, David. David. So we're... We're we're right in the <laughs> I'm Jim. We're right in the middle of a yelling match. But before we, we do that, I got to remember to do the housekeeping in this episode because I don't think I did it in the last one. Uh, yeah, you did. Did I? You brought it up at least. You brought it up on the screen. Oh, I know I did, but I don't think I actually read it. So, all right, well, go for those of you that uh, did the last episode. Are you a regular listener? Why not? Subscribe to the Practical Guitar so you can show us some podcast app. Take the time to put in a review with a service where you found a podcast like iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. Get involved. Find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash Practical Guitarist. You can also find us on Twitter as at Practical Guitarist. If you're interested in supporting the show, we have launched a Threadless store at practicalguitarist.threadless.com. If you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can do so at questions at practicalguitarist.com. And we have Patreon and all that stuff, too. Find in the group. All right. Well, for <laughs> I just had to get through that as fast as possible. You may have already read this, but this episode is going to be called Follow the Yellow Brick Road because I'm sick and tired of people saying chasing tone. I don't think that's really everything that you're chasing, and I'm going to get right into it. So we ended in our last episode, um, (laughs) we ended with um, Dave going on about um, the things that he would change on a guitar and in the order um, for your tone. That's chasing tone. I'm going to call it following the yellow brick road because there are things going that down you change, the yellow river, right? That do, do change the way you play and the way you respond to your guitar. And I'm going to go right to the pick. The pick is a big one. The pick is important because for me, I play a bit of big pick. Now I cannot, cannot get um, the grip, right? I can't get my picking, right? I pick like this. Um, nobody can see me, but, um, I pick with a loose um, wrist, and it moves in a um, in a really small pattern. Um, and I use a very small pick. Why? Because if I use a huge pick, I get my strings caught up. I go, I do all that stuff. Does it change my tone? Probably not, uh, in the least. Um, but does it change the way I play? Certainly. I'm going to say something about this whole this whole um, uh, guitar. Um, you buy a cheap guitar and then you mod mod the living shit out of it. Yeah, you're Part talking about fun, right. We do project it. guitars. It's project guitar. It's fun. The, but the reason that I would do a project guitar um, is twofold. One, I want the one I want, and it's a cheap way to customize. Um, we've said it before. You know, once you customize a project guitar, guess what you're going to get out of it? Nothing. Shit. You may as well go back to what it was originally. So if you bought a two hundred dollar guitar. You're going to get $200 out of it. I don't care if you put solid gold pickups in there and platinum um, locking tuners. You're still getting 200 bucks out of it unless somebody realizes what it is, melts them down and gets the money out of it. So you need to be able to realize that what you do to it is because you want to have that customization and you don't want to spend a pile of money to get there. Plus, it is a way to try out something. You go, yeah, I tried these pickups. They suck. You send them back in a different pair or whatever. So that's what I was getting at. But I'm going to go with following the yellow brick road. We talked about the iconic amps, iconic guitars. I'm not exactly an iconic guitar kind of guy. I do have an SG. I have Les Pauls and stuff. But my favorite, um, my two stage guitars right now are my SG and my um, Custom 24. Well, my C, yeah, my CE Custom 24. And that's, um, and that's it. Uh, I I really could care less about, uh, you know, uh, dragging a whole bunch of guitars with me. And I'll be honest, the CE24 has a very dark sound. Those S15 pick or the uh, uh, 8515 pickups are, are relatively dark compared to the You got a lot, more low, a lot more low mids in that, in that guitar. A lot. Yeah, you really, really feel it. It's growly. It's good. It's a lot of stuff I like, I like doing with it. Um, but anyway... Yeah, I think that changing your strings, again, we talked about changing your strings. Change your strings to make it comfortable for you, not for somebody else. I'm going to go on record to say, if you want to know the best strings, guitar, uh, amp, 
whatever it is for you, go out and fucking try some. Stop sitting on your ass on YouTube and, and, and the gear page. Yeah, and gear pages and, and even our thing. Get your ass to the store and try some. That's not possible for everybody. And YouTube does give you a, a, a way to kind of limit things down. But I will tell you this. YouTube compresses the shit out of the stuff you hear. Yeah, even the clips that I do, like the actual audio files that I put together before they go on YouTube, they do sound quite a bit different. Yeah. And it is, um, and then not only the compression, you're going to, you're playing them through your speakers and blah, blah, blah. It is not the room sound. How many times have you recorded something, gone back and gone, that does not what I heard in the room. Yep. Yep. Right. Yeah. And so um, then there's the YouTubers and we don't always know this. There are times now David does um, put in his, uh, his notes that if he does something to the EQ, on the board, he puts, hey, I rolled off a little bit at this frequency. Um, that way you know, hey, um, he rolled off, 60, what was it, 64K, I think? Yeah, I usually do about 6.5K on fuzz pedals, specifically fuzz demos, because in general, you're going to do that in in a real situation anyway. The only the only raging trouble you're going to get right on the stage. Like if you're I, running into a, uh, to a board or something, you're going to roll off. And so all I'm saying is that um, to chase the yellow brick road, whether you want to call it chasing tone, chasing your feel, you know, a guitar should feel right to you first. An amp should feel right to you first. Will it, will it do what you need it to do? Um, We talk about these cheaper guitars and how we're getting better, better guitars. And I, and I honestly truly believe that we are sub it was a time sub a thousand, now sub five hundred. You're reaching down there, but you know, I, have you noticed this trend? Import guitars are going up in price. Yep, and there's a reason for that, and that's because right. their cost of living has increased too. The, right. co- the countries we're getting them from. I mean, we were building in Korea for a while, and that was yep. at that time like Korea was a developing an economy, and now they are a developed economy. I mean, your cell phones. Chances are, have some root in Korea. Yeah, or your, China. Your chips come from Korea, and ch- and they're built in China. Yeah. So, <clears throat> if you look back, let's roll the roll the roll back in the time machine. Go back about sixty years. It was Japan. Yep. Japan was the one we were going to, and then they got really good. And then what happened? Well, they rebuilt after the, after um, World War the bombs II. were. Yeah, because if you think about it, 60 years ago, that's where we were, right? We're still on the cusp of that rebuild. 70 years ago, things were still in ashes in a literal sense. Yeah. So if you move towards this time frame, that's not a long time. That's that's in the lifetime of some of the listeners. We, of this paid, show. we paid for a lot of the uh, reparations and stuff over there. We paid for their industry. We paid mm-hmm. Japan to get good. Absolutely, we did. Absolutely, there's nothing now, wrong we, with that. No, we, we actually we owed it to them. We did. We absolutely did. I, you know, you can take two sides of that, and I don't want to get in the political yeah, argument. Not. But, but um, you know, now roll forward. Japan got expensive. Things came, coming out of Japan went from being, uh, you know, back when I was a kid, people joked around about um, stuff came. Oh, that's a piece of shit. Probably came from Japan. Then it came from Korea. Then it came from Indonesia. Now we're coming from China. You know? Yeah. Um, The things that we um, saw as ways to get things cheaper are now starting to get more and more expensive. At some point, China is not going to be so cheap to get things from. Nope. And then we're going to be looking at India, South America. um, I mean, you basically follow the auto companies. If you if you look at where the auto companies are going now, you can get a pretty yeah. good idea of where we're going to end up. And um, that's I mean, I, look, there's no problem with going to to foreign countries to get instruments. There's no problem with the quality increase. Um, I get it, but the fact is, like, not everybody and their mother needs to buy a guitar and customize it. They're doing it because they think. Uh, look. There are some people that are like you and I, Jim, who we're get it, doing it because they don't offer a production guitar that does what you want. Or 
we have to go to some brand we don't want to buy from, right? Right. And um, perfect example, Reverend, right? So yep. when they come out with their East Cider, which I'm convinced they're going to do, um, they're going to yep. have a, a Greg Cock East Cider, and it'll come with his pickups installed, and I yep. figure it's going to be right around 1100 to $1,500, right? Yep. Um, yep. Which is kind of in line with what the East Cider goes for over there now, uh, the T-style yep. East Cider. Um, so, okay, fine. You know, I'll pay, I'll pay the 1500 even if it's an import guitar, because the pickups alone to drop them in are like 450. Right. So, you know, it just, it just makes sense to get, you know, the, the whole guitar and everything. And I don't care that it's an import. Do I, do I give right. a shit about it being an import? No, no, like, no, absolutely not. It, my other alternative, guess what? It would be an import too. And that's a Mexican Telecaster. Yeah. Yeah. And, Matter of fact, there, that's the other, I, I left them out Mexico, you know, 25 years ago, people joked you, you got a made in Mexico guitar. Um, the, the Stratocasters and the Telecaster people are like, ah, I want to be a crap. Now <laughs> that has turned around. Well, I laughed cause I, and I still laugh at that because you do realize that Fender actually buses people from the Mexican yes. factory to work in the American factory and <laughs> in the vice versa. Factory. In vice versa. That's why they're there. Okay. They yeah. didn't, they didn't go to Japan as their primary import line when they could have. And, and at part of that was because Fender didn't want to look bad because the Japanese Fender guitars were better than what they were putting out in the States when that whole transition yep. happened. Um, yep. But also because they were in close enough proximity that they knew that they could use the green card system in the United States to their advantage to give people work visas and all that kind of stuff in order to get a better quality product with cheaper labor. Yeah. And I, I know it's, it sounds like an awful thing, but Ain't nobody complaining. I mean, nope. you, you, you're still buying Mexican fenders hand over fist. Right. And uh, I don't think I don't think the country of origin is what um, determines uh, quality. Do you know what I, I honestly, think? Do you know what I honestly I, still think cost does? Do you know what I think the country of origin actually what it says nowadays to people mm -hmm. who are buying guitars and all that? I think it's a human rights thing. And I think it always was. I think people yeah. looked at it and they said, and maybe it wasn't everybody, but I think it was the people that got the, the stuff started and were saying like, oh, Korean guitars suck. When, you know, people were, professionals were buying Korean guitars and using them, um, especially in the case yeah. of PRS. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of SEs out there in use by actual professional musicians. Um, and I mean, guys that, you know, play on stage every night in front of big crowds. Um, yeah. And I think there was almost this like stigma that it was like, well, that's a sweatshop guitar because it came out of the Samic factory or it came out of the court factory where people die. And yeah. it's like, look, those people need jobs too. And I, yeah. I absolutely don't want anybody to work in sweatshop conditions, but we don't know anything about these other companies. And yeah. the reason why these companies have all been successful court specifically is because we here in the United States would rather save money. So this whole yeah. like mythology about American instruments being the best and it's, it's a mythology. Look, it's, it's, it goes along with the, with the same line of thinking that I'm going to go buy us made guitars because I'm going to support American workers that came from Mexico yesterday with a green card or visa to work for Fender USA and will likely be going back to Mexico to sleep tonight. And then yeah. the company is going to buy all their parts from China anyway. So yep. it is your money isn't staying with the company you buy from. Like, get no. off it. Even the, I'm going to center myself before I start screaming into my microphone and cause a bunch of distortion. Um, <laughs> it, it, even all right, I'm holding in my hand a pedal from from a guy I really really admire, and that's Brian Wampler. I have the Pinnacle oh. Deluxe B2 in my hand, and I'm holding it up for Jesse yeah. and. Even Wobbler and these companies that stamp this made in USA stamp on their stuff. Where do you think the components are coming from? Absolutely. Where do you, where, where do you think they shop? Do you think they're shopping at, at you know, uh, USA foods or, you know, someplace where they can get uh, locally grown everything? No, no, they're buying shit that's coming from China. The packaging's coming from China. 
or whatever. Like, they're the same thing as everybody else. They buy a car that was made in Mexico with parts brought in from China. Like, right. uh, uh, where, guys. Where do you think their sneakers came from? Where do you think their shoes came from? Where do you think their shirt came from? Their underwear? Where do you think their television came from? You know, where do you think that the uh, um, the call center for their internet is? Yeah, Come on. now when I see... Stop, stop. Now when I see... Um, I see, I, and I saw it the other day in a, in a Facebook thing, or no, it's a Facebook, it's YouTube. Somebody was talking about, um, uh, it was, I forget what pedal it was, but I, I, I want to say it was like a Sunface or something. And, um, obviously I watch clips of pedals I own, right? Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> oh. that's the kind of person I am. Um, so I'm watching this video or whatever, and I look at the comments down below and somebody, somebody goes, that's USA made quality for you. And I, and I just, I just start snickering and I'm like, USA has nothing to do with it. Like that, that, I mean, honestly, analog Mike wouldn't surprise me if he was out of Germany. You know, I know he's from here in the States, but I mean, like there are those quality guys all over the place. And one of them sold Jim and Amp. Yeah. Thomas Bluke. So, um, you know, so back to the other thing. Yeah. Back, back to our question, though. Like, let's talk about the 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 uh, yeah, yellow brick the road. changes. Let's yeah, let's talk about those changes. So, um, let's talk about pickups for a second because we did the pickup thing, and, yeah. and Nick Nick made an awesome point, and I think it was probably the best one. And I don't think we really um, stuck to this point long enough, so I kind of want to bring it home. This that's this. If I wear a mask all the time, it doesn't matter how good my skin looks. Okay. Right. Because nobody can so, tell anyway. Right. But the minute you take that mask off, that's when your skin is going to matter. Right. If you're the, if you're the, um, second he thought, he said that I thought of the fan of the opera. Right. Um, and I, I just wanted to, to bring that home because if you're going to play with good pickups, you know, I cannot, I cannot make my, the sound of my CE sound like my SG. SG and I can't make the SG sound like CE. I can't roll because I will never be able to add high end that isn't there. Right. I can't, and I can't add low end. That's not there. You can, you can sit there and you can play around with your, your settings and you can make your, your guitar sound a little like it's got more low end with, you know, with the bass and rolling off the highs, but it's not going to sound the same. And to say that, that pickups are ubiquitous is a ridiculous statement just from the, from the offset. And now <clears throat> if you do overstore, I've always hated over, over distorted guitars, which is probably why I'm not a great big fuzz fan. Cause to me, fuzz is too much distortion. Just yeah. That that's, that's the way my brain and my ears and everything else processes it. That's not what it is probably, but that's why I, process I can't it. wait till I get down there, Jim. And I plug in a fuzz pedal and just turn that motherfucker all the way up. <laughs> I'm going to watch you David, shit yourself. I'm going to play the brown note. David is going to come down to my house and, and destroy everything I own. No, no, um, just, your, just your sense of reality. Yeah. Um, so uh, what I'm trying to say is that you I, I used to have this. I used to make this statement because I lived in the north, right? And it would get cold in the winter. The winter is coming. Right. Winter is coming. Exactly. Um, so if I'm going to go out and it's a warm day, but I'm going to be out for eight hours, I still need to bring a jacket and a hat. Right. Why? Because um, you can only you can only take clothes off. You can't put clothes on. But if you go outside all the time and this is this I, is the I whole on every day. sound thing. Yeah, this is the over. Yeah, I'm talking about too much. Um, the over distorted sound thing that I'm getting at is if you always wear a heavy jacket, a ski mask, and a parka, and a, and a pair of um, snowmobile pants, you're covering and, up what's what's right, there, right? And people are like, "Wow, you're really fat," and they and they say things like, "Ah, you're you're really fat and you're really tall." Then you take all that stuff off and they find out you're a little skinny guy. And if they say so, shit like that to me, I tell them to go fuck themselves. <laughs> I am really fat, but not really tall. So am I. But, I just tell them to go fuck themselves anyway. <laughs> yeah. But the point is that that if you hide everything, nobody really knows what's underneath. And I think that's that's the point that 
I don't think it was driven home enough. And I've probably driven it. I've probably beaten that dead horse. Hey, you know, we have a new, um, this is a side thing. We have a new um, policy at work. We have, we have the five rules. Oh, jeez. Um, okay, number one, establish blame. Okay? Holy it's shit. No, 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 I no. want these rules in my <laughs> office. Hell yeah. As, number rule one, number one, establish blame. blame. Fuck yeah. Right. Rule number two, beat the dead horse. <laughs> beat the dead horse. That's rule number two. Yeah. Jim, so, you have to get like bookmarks or something made up with the practical guitarist logo on them that have these five rules on them. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be a cool thing to give out. That's a giveaway for people who join the the uh, who, are, who are contributors to the show. Yes. So yeah. I'll have to I'll have to save the other three rules. But anyway, um, it was all because uh, you know I live I, I work for the government, so established blame is always. Oh my not- god, that is hilarious! Hilarious. So, you know, um, I don't know where I was going there, but my point is, um, oh, yeah, I was beating a dead horse. So I'm not going to beat the dead horse anymore. But OK, so now let's let's move towards um, uh, the things you change. Let me let me let me jump in on the the pickup thing real quick. Yeah, go so ahead. Jim was just talking about pickups. Look, I, the reason I wanted to bring this back up is because um, Dan, his original message wasn't that that pickups didn't matter and that's the way we approached it when we talked to nick was that like oh because you know we have all these other things what dan was actually saying was that pickups matter a whole lot less than people think they do and i'm completely in line with that like i i there are definitely dudes out there that will will literally buy a guitar and before they've even plugged it into an amp be like i'm putting other pickups in it well that's that's the old um i bought um i bought a steak i'm adding steak sauce to it didn't even try to. Didn't even try bite. Adding steak sauce. Steak sauce should be a fucking. Illegal. There should be a goddamn Illegal. law against it. It should be treason. If you're eating steak that needs steak sauce, you should be eating something else. I'm looking at my wife because she likes a one. If you have steak sauce on anything, that should be treason. Yes, High it- treason. She's giving me the finger right now. <laughs> um, but the um, there was a. In the nuclear navy, there was an admiral. I can't remember his name now. Rick, Rick, Richter, Rickon, Rick, Rickover, Rickover, Admiral Rickover. You can look it up. Um, he used to interview his officers because back in the beginning of the nuclear navy, the only people that got in were people that Rickover handpicked. And um, the one thing that um, he was adamant about, he would take them out to dinner. And then if they if they seasoned their food before they ate it, they were out because that meant that they weren't willing to try um, to see if the if the product was good enough before they made changes to it. They were instantly like, I'm going to change this. And, and so that mentality that that they brought with them, right, he didn't right, want in his right. baby. I, that's freaking awesome. I want that guy as my boss and not that yeah. my boss is is like that. But I mean, um we've all worked probably in some place where we've had a change in management and then the new manager comes in and he's like, all right, we're not going to do it the way it used to be done because that was all wrong before he's even evaluated what's going on. Right. Right. And and I worked with a guy several years ago. He's the biggest jackass I ever worked for. And, um, my wife is probably snickering in the background right now because she knows exactly what I'm talking about. And he, he came in the door and literally sat down with me and my old boss and said, right across the table from us, said, which one of you fuckers is responsible for this? And we looked at wow. him and we were like, neither of us. It was your fucking people. Wow. Uh, yeah. It, it, dude, that, and that was the way that I that that whole job went with that guy for the next four or five years. It was just mm. he would call me up one day, start swearing at me on the phone. So what I did is I hung up on him and I and I uh, called my boss and I was like, you need to call him. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, dude, he was uh, he's a piece of work. And, and as far as I know, he's still working there. Jeez, I got out when the getting's good. No, thanks. Yeah, that guy was a control freak. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, so, yes, you obviously want to know what you're doing before you do it. Uh, be, in other words, no, no, you know, hey. This guitar sounds this way. And Nick is a, if you if you didn't listen to the episode, go back and listen to the Nick Bongers um, interview and understand that Nick yep. 
when he when you order pickups from him, he asks you questions about your guitar before he even just like starts to talk right. about what you want because he wants to Absolutely. know how bright is your guitar, uh, how loud is your guitar, and so one of the things I had to do when I ordered for the Shengze was get my Shengze and my SG and my S five hundred out and compare how they loud they were acoustically. And by the way, you can imagine where the Shengze was at in that comparison. Um, it was not a loud acoustic guitar. It actually sounded like a wet sponge with strings on it. Um, so th- these are all critical pieces of this puzzle. And we know, we all know guys, go- I'm sure we all know somebody who's been like, man, I, I just, I love this guitar. Uh, give me, um, give me this guitar and give me those Seymour uh, C- Duncan JBs. Yep. Like, you didn't even plug it in. Right. <laughs> like, what are you right. doing? You don't know what you're even getting. Absolutely. Um, and now, and, and the funny part is like people did that with, with PRSs, And now those early year PRS pickups, they're going for big money on the used market. Like yeah. there's a collector's market for those now because, yeah. and, and, and is and our, our good buddy, Ed Roman uh, used to talk about having drawers filled with PRS pickups that people wanted you know, ripped out of the guitars and I can totally see it. Like there, there is a definitely a specific class of player that probably has some overlap with, with what used to be PRS's core market who is like, I want this PRS guitar, but I'm going to take these pickups out and I'm going to put Seymour Duncan, whatever's in it. Now I'll, I'll say this about the, I think that the reason that we really went with the angle that we did um, with Dan Kish and, and the whole pickup thing was not so much, I'm sorry, with Nick Bongers and the, and was because not because of Dan of what Dan said. It was because, because of, of what Fluff said. <laughs> Fluff said in his thing because Fluff went right out and said, "Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, my ass." Yeah, and I listened to his. You know, I, I feel bad. They should allow you to take a, a watch of you back because you should you should be able to say, you know what, I hated that so much. I don't want them to have my view. Well, I think monetization should not be based on views, views. so much yeah. as likes because yeah. YouTube needs to encourage good content or, yeah. or they need to have some algorithm that says you get a certain percentage more if you have X amount of likes per view. Because don't tell me that people didn't play the um, song Friday. Remember that song? Uh, what's that girl's name? Karen Black or something? Um, no, it wasn't Karen Black. I don't know who it was, but it wasn't Karen Black. Rebecca Black. Yeah, because Karen Black, Black was a was a a, a B movie science fiction a actress. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, she was a um, she was an actress. Um, no, Rebecca Black's Friday. Don't tell me that people didn't play that piece of shit song every Friday just to piss everybody in the office off. You know, this is that, why we have a no music policy in my office, which I regularly violate. Yes, yeah, I I just put it in my earbuds. But um, anyway, uh, you know, the Yellow Brick Road, you know, there are things you can change for feel. Like, uh, yeah, you were talking about um, changing out pickups uh, without even trying a guitar. I know what, a vin- uh, what the classic vibe vintage Squire sounds like. And I, don't, I know that, yeah, I'd be all right having one. I'd be all right with it. But I want the, I want the David Gilmore pickups in there. Well, the, you know, the crazy. The, the Stratocaster. No, I, I totally get you on that one because of what you're trying to do. Like you're buying that guitar, trying to set out to achieve something. And like, right. we all know that there are people that do that too. Ryan Burke's a good example. He like, like he bought that, um, that neck and then he made the defender flying V thing. And I'm really buying a body for my pickups, right. not buying a guitar and then changing the pickup. Yeah. Jim, Jim's doing an actual project. Like he's starting right. with that in mind. Um, right. He's not doing what I did when I bought the Shengzi, which was to know it was going to be a project, but like figuring that I could at least salvage some stuff out of it. Which, you salvaged the wood. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I reclaimed <laughs> the wood from the garbage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's a reclaimed guitar. Oh, you know what, though? I, when, I, when I took the pickups out, it sure as fuck looks like that's an actual cap. Yeah. That it's not just a I veneer. You know um, again, I, I was saying that I think that the thing that um, changes QAQC uh, with guitars, um, and we're going backwards a little bit here, but to get to that is is price point. 
Um, let's face it. If you're only charging $200 for a guitar at the end of the road, right? right. At the very end of the road, you have $200 for a guitar. You're not going to take a lot of time with each of those guitars. Pay somebody at the end of the line. Right. You're just going to, you're going to build it and whatever comes out of it. If it's good, it's good. If it's okay, it's okay. If it's shit, you can't afford to throw it away. Sell it anyway and take the chance somebody won't return it. That's what you do. So I heard, <laughs> and this is the other side of the pond. This is in the United States. I heard that sure, when they came out with their performance gear, before, uh, the PG series of microphones, the performance gear or project gear microphones. Yeah, that's my, my rehearsal microphones, piece of shit performance gear one. Go ahead. Well, the, the PG mics were actually made same place at the same time on the same line as the regular SM series. SM. Yep. And the re- and the reason that they're labeled PG is because they didn't pass quality control specs, but they, they passed like a lower grade and they're yes. like, these are good enough for, you know, two yep. grade and we didn't want to throw them away. So that's what yep. they do is they rebrand them PG. So that, that's an interesting thing. I mean, it's not like they just earmark, you know, every, fucking microphone that gets made that day as a PG because that's what they're running that day. Like, right. That's no, it's literally like these are the rejects, but they're still good enough to be used. They're just not, they're not what we would consider an SM. Um, yeah. And I highly doubt that they even care about when it comes to the, uh, the PG mics, they probably don't make, they probably don't have a separate line for PG or at least they, they probably don't. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Just, that uh, one's well, so if you know anything about microphone production and microphones in general, like it's a very hit or miss thing. And mm-hmm. a lot of the cost when you buy a really expensive microphone is because they threw like you're three away while they were making for it. Yep. <laughs> um, especially if you're buying a ribbon mic. I mean, you go yeah. buy like a Neumann ribbon mic or something, you pay like $11,000 yeah. not Neumann, but um, a Royer or so, whatever. Uh, and then you look at the mic and you're like, why is this thing eleven thousand dollars? There's like nothing because to sold, it because, yeah, they, because threw they threw away four while they while the ribbons <laughs> fucking broke. Okay, that's yep. <laughs> that's what yep. happens. That's um, truth. So, uh, but yeah, I, I and if you think about if you think about the guitars that that get made with the good wood, and then you get the lower grade woods guitars, and the and the um uh, the ones that have a cap with a veneer. Sure, sure. Think about that too. It's okay. This this wood is good. It's good, solid piece of maple. It's got nice grains and everything. It's just not as pretty as this one. What? So here's your ten top, and here's your eight top, and there's your your okay top, and here's your. We'll, we'll put a piece of veneer over that ugly piece of shit. What what gets what gets me is okay. So they make so PRS makes SEs right, and they do the veneer, yep. but the veneers don't all look like ten tops. It's like nope. what in the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> it's like <laughs> if you're gonna do it, I mean, you might as well. Yeah, you're only having a paper thin. It's yeah. it's not even as thick as a piece of cardboard. You get one ten top, you got fifty <laughs> guitars right there. You know, it's yeah. like yeah, that's that's what's weird. I digress. It's, it's, I digress. Yeah. But um, um, I love mine. But you know, you can find them that where oh, I guess they ran out of piece from here. Um, but yeah, there's uh, again we get to where um, what I was saying is just that. If you're if you're running a two hundred dollar guitar, you might find that cream of the crop, and there might be a lot of them. There might be a good forty percent or sixty percent that are really good, and then third, you know, thirty percent or twenty percent that are, eh, and then ten percent that are literally garbage. But if I sell them at that price point and I get them in the store, and then the store goes, ugh, this, been, and then they say, well, go ahead and mark it as a second. Go ahead and mark it down, and they get it out the door for fifty bucks or whatever. Then at least some money came back. In, in Sure's case, I'd rather see him do that because I feel like there's a lot of raw materials on the that gets left on the table. And let's face yeah. it, our environment's not very good these days. So, no. um, but yeah, to to get back to our point, like we're talking about pickups and we're talking about the yellow brick road, and ultimately, like the reason this discussion comes up is because yes, people do tend to idolize certain things in their their signal chain that aren't as important right. as other things. If you right. If you analyze where your um, where your tone comes from, and I'm not just talking. So you were talking in the beginning about needing certain picks for certain things, like you you can't right. play without the certain thing. That's important, but that's a technique thing. Okay, that is that is a completely like like I said. That's why I called it the yellow brick road, not the tone chase. Yeah, I'm so, not chasing a tone with that pick. Right. I, I, I just wanted to off. get back and clarify I, that definition a little bit because I knew exactly what you're yeah. saying. 
Um, yeah. But I thought I didn't think it would be that clear for our listeners. Yeah, um, I didn't want somebody to think, "Ooh, he gets some great tone out of these picks." No, that's not. No, that. it's not that. It's it's that. Look, there are things that are important to us that are not necessarily. I mean, hell, I, even the strap we wear can be important. I mean, absolutely. We get, and I'm not talking about from an aesthetic perspective. I'm talking about being comfortable, <laughs> so you can actually hold the fucking instrument. Ah, you know? yeah. Anybody who's no played an SG with neck dive, you know, yep. you know that certain straps work better in that situation. Absolutely. Um, so I have a wide. Believe it or not, PRS leather strap on my SG. Yeah, I have a two I have a two inch leather strap with a rough back for my yeah. SG. So that it doesn't slip. Yeah. And um, it works great. Now I'll go back to you know I used to play bass a lot for other bands too. Sure. And um one of the things when I was in the bass forums, bass guitar players don't have a lot of there's not a lot of stuff said in bass forums. There's like there's like eight people there. Yeah, because there's just not a lot the of ba- there's just not a lot of bass players in general. Well, that and they don't really make a lot of changes. I mean, a bass player. Oh, what what pedal do you use, Big Muff? Bass player. They use any. Yeah, bass players no, are like Big they're Muff. like all the bass players I know over my career. They have like two guitars, and yeah. they have like two an bases. active. It's usually an active one and a passive and a passive. one, yeah. and then they have like an SVT classic, and that's yeah. it. They don't need yep. anything else, and they're completely content with what they have. They're, absolutely. The only thing that bass players go back and forth about is maybe the gauge of strings or the tuning choices. Hey, I tuned B-E-A-D instead, instead of buying a five-string and tuning that G-string. Um, so what I did want to get to is, and that's where the guitar player side of it comes in, I, I can't tell you how many freaking bass players I knew that would get a bass, the first thing they did, throw the bridge out. Yep. But and they go to the badass bridge. Yep. They're like, yep, need a badass bridge. Everybody's got to have a badass bridge. High mass, have a badass high, bridge. High, mi- high mass bridge. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. And, and like, so, and that's not even. I'm like, what? <laughs> all right. All right. Now, there are times where I can see somebody buying a, a something and immediately knowing, like, I got to change this right out the gate. Yeah. Perfect example Telecaster. Yes. Three string trees. Oh. Or three strings, three saddles, right? And as, as some people say, it's a blessing. Some people say it's a curse. It's part of the charm of the instrument. But I could yep. definitely see myself buying one and being like, look, right out of the gate, I know I got to get a set of saddles because there's no way I'm using the, you yep. know, the, uh, the ones. That yeah, those the old guitar. rollers. Yeah. yeah the you know what? Rollers. I could care less, to be completely honest with you. But I could definitely understand somebody like, I'm getting the Telecaster, and the first thing I'm doing is this. Like, that's yeah. something that I could definitely see. And at a base, I can see, well, you don't want a pot metal bridge because that's not going to last. Right, right. But I can understand that, too, because you don't want bridge lift. Right. Well, I, so I just look at it and go, you want the badass bridge because you're the, like, it just depends on what what uh, body base you're playing. But like most bass players, I know their passive base is a P base. Yep. And the P oh, base, my P base, the P base, the P base is like usually a lighter body. And yep. so I think it's like I need that mass to be able to handle. Yep you know, getting some sustain out of the strings. And like, I, I kind of get that, but I've also heard people doing that on like active bases and stuff. And it's like, what do you need that? It's for? Like, why, why you, you, you have a, a, an active fucking active EQ base. on the guitar. Yeah. Like you can put active pickups in, in a pizza box, you know, yes. and put a neck on it and you're going to be golden. Yep. You might have to reinforce the box, but yeah, as long as the box doesn't fold under the pressure <laughs> of the string, which is yeah. like, just, you know, whatever hundred pounds it is. I'm going to buy one of the pizza box guitars that guy's there at uh, Sweetwater next year. Yeah, that, that'd be a good one. It'd be fucking um, weird. <clears throat> yeah, but the point is that, that there are other people, that, that there are other you know, musicians that do that. Um, you know, reed players. They're very specific about the reeds. Or, you know, I, I want to get to this, though. When it comes to guitars, we are still very, you know, um, lucky. Because let me tell you something. Try buying a keyboard for 500 bucks and see what you can get decent. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because we have such a, we hold such sway in the market. I mean, yep. look, listen, Guitar Center used to be Organ Center, right? right. And yep. then they became Guitar Center when they realized that there were more guitarists on earth than there yep. were organ players. Um, and so they were like, oh, we can market to these people more easily. And the industry has done the same thing. Like, how many plugins are there for guitars right. i mean how many uh, you just stop and you think about it and like all the gadgets and crap that they make for us and right. yeah it's pretty clear that like 
we are the biggest market. Yep. What is a, what does a keyboard player use? Sustainer pedal, possibly a uh, wah pedal. Yep. He um, might have a rack effects unit or something. Yep. But but I'm just talking about the the money. A, a decent keyboard set is going to run you two and a half, three thousand dollars. Yeah. If you want an eighty eight, if you want an eighty eight key with piano touch, yep. you're talking four between three and four thousand dollars. And that's you know, and that's in the normal normally market or news market. That's not even uh, talking about like a like an analog synth or anything like that. I mean, you can buy get, yourself a yeah, yeah, go ahead. You can get like a like what a mini Moog, and I think it's like three yeah. grand or some shit. Yeah, yeah. So so um, you know, Sam, uh, what's um, what's the name from uh, Deering? There could probably chime in on that, but um, the the thing that you've got is. Uh, um, then look at look at um, your drummer. Drummer's got a lot of money in those drum kits. Yeah, um, dude. To, to get started on drums, you're looking at at minimum six hundred dollars. You can start yeah. on guitar and for three hundred bucks. Yeah, and and that drum set for six hundred dollars is it's kind shit. of a shitty drum set. You're talking two and a half, three grand again for a decent set of drums um, and cymbals because. Let's face now, it. If you got shit symbols, that that totally screws up your sound. And and if you want to record your drums, you're talking about microphones and miking. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just like like even, even your basic club drummer is going to have two mics minimum. That's a snare mic and a and a kick mic. So it, all right, and then it, let's let's back up even further. Even if you're a vocalist, right? Mm-hmm. You got to have at yep. least an SM58 and a PA. Yep. And a PA, and and if you think a PA is cheap, go out and buy one. No, well, I mean, I'm you could talking get a, about the your... portable unit, but oh, yeah, yeah, I mean that might be okay for a rehearsal, but the, yeah. you ain't cutting it live. No, so no. you need 15 inch speakers these days. Active, you're talking a grand for a pair of EVH or EV. Sorry, <laughs> I got guitar in the brain. EV, um, you know, 15 inch yeah. um, speakers. Um, you got to buy the sticks. You got to buy lights. Um, somebody's got to put those things up. You know, um, people often, um, it, oh, and let's not forget the board. Yep. You know, and nowadays, if you're going to get a board, you're going to get a, um, a, an iPad controlled board. Those things run, you know, quite a bit of money. You're, you're, you're I, would buy, I would go full and I would go full analog board just so I can train a monkey to use it. But, uh, yeah. Um, I'm just saying, if you want to cha- if you want to control it from the stage, oh sure, sure, you can have one of those iPod boards, yeah, um, you know, and uh, you know, mic stands and so on and so forth. So, guitar players, we we bitch about three thousand dollar instruments. Go buy yourself a violin for oh, the um, for any given symphony. Hey, Jim, sometime. Jim, let, let let me let me jump in here. We're talking about violins. You want buy you want to buy a beginner violin? You want to buy like a student grade violin? Take yeah. a wild guess what the cost of a student grade violin is. What is it? Um, eighteen hundred dollars? No, uh, like I, I've seen them student grade for ten thousand dollars. Well, yeah, I mean, um, I think they'll rent you. Won't they rent them? Um, that's, that's what most people do. They don't buy them. They rent yeah. the damn things. And your ten thousand dollar violin is probably a violin that was made in the thirties. Okay. Yep. Um, and it, so if you, if you're a pro and you're playing in like the, uh, some Philharmonic or something, I mean, it's not unheard of for those guys to be dropping $150,000 on a violin. That's what I was just about to say. And there, there are people that are playing in the Philharmonics. If um, you're in, if you're in like the Chicago symphony orchestra and, and you're you in the string section, those people are pay, playing 500,000 to a million dollar violins. And if you think those folks are rich, you've got another thing. No, they, uh, the truth is they don't own the instruments. Okay. They either, yeah. they either are no, somehow the Philharmonic does or yeah, yeah they're either leasing them or they have yeah, some sort of a great company. A lot of times there's, um, there's investment companies that actually like own the instruments, but they yep. find a player that they want to spot, you know, to sponsor. Like yep. it's a whole association type thing. It's, it's a weird situation, but um, I mean, the fact is you can't afford that stuff. And if you were Buy a to, concert piano, oh yeah, there's a hundred thousand dollars. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, guitar players, we've got it cheap. We do, and you can't even can't even buy a guitar and rent. 
anymore. You can't rent a guitar anymore. Well, I, I, I suppose there are lesson studios that still allow you to use I, um, I have heard, lesson guitars. I have heard that if yeah. you go into Guitar Center or Sam Ash and you ask to rent something, they can make that happen. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I have heard. I do not know if this because I, I don't rent. rent. I buy, yeah. My rent is, I'm going to buy this and sell it on Reverb later. Yep. That's my rental. But that, you know, that's my point. <clears throat> so we, you know, we pour a lot of money. Let's, let's ask, you know, we should, we should poll our, our listeners and our, um, our, uh, every single podcast. day, Jim, every Who, single day. How much money is in your, how much money is your rig? Oh my God. You know, how much I, money is your rig? Just the one you're playing. Not, not all your gear. Don't, don't brag about how you've got $40,000 worth of stuff in the house and everything else. We've all been there. New but price or I'm used price? New price. Let's go new price. Well, unless you paid used, if you bought it used, because sometimes sometimes you can't get it. But let's just let's just assume. Let's make the assumption you got it new. Um, how much did you spend on your pedals and your amp and your guitar and your cable and I, everything uh, else you take to a gig? So I can start two thousand bucks on my guitar, two thousand yep. bucks on my amp and cabinet. Right, yep. and then fifteen hundred dollars on my Helix. <clears throat> and there you go. Two hundred fifty bucks on my uh, Sunface. Yep. So what are we talking? It's two thousand, right. two thousand, four thousand, five thousand dollars, six thousand dollars in there. In there. Yeah. Yep. In the five to six thousand dollar category, right? Yeah. 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 So, that doesn't include cables. So if you take the SG I bought used. So I'll I'll give it the used price. I got three thousand dollars right there, just in the two guitars, right? Right. Um, I've got the Hughes and Kettner was five hundred bucks. The um, <clears throat> the Hughes and Kettner one by twelve was three hundred and change. We'll call it three hundred. Um, my SM fifty seven is hundred bucks, give or take, right? The microphone stand it goes on sixty five bucks. Because I have a so good sturdy. You're right at four thousand dollars right now. Yep, without a pe- without a pedal. Mm-hmm. That's without a pedal. So add my pedals in. Uh, eight pedals of an average of one hundred fifty dollars a pedal. Um, so I'm right at what? Uh, you're right at five thousand dollars. Yeah. So we're we're you know we're right we're neck and neck. Okay. That's that's I and mean, that's not my that's not my vocal stuff, but. That's beside the point. That's all, so, that, yeah, it's all other thing. Yeah. So if you look at that, <clears throat> you're taking five thousand dollars worth of equipment with you. That's and if you don't have insurance on your gear, you're an idiot. Okay. Just yeah. saying. Well, I'm an idiot, but right now, but I, I'm getting insurance. I'm in the process of doing that. Um, I got the insurance. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like a lot of people don't. I mean, I'm insured. I got homeowners, and I'm not doing this professionally right now, so my stuff's covered. But Yep. Um, and all my stuff's new, so I don't really yep. care. I mean, it's yep. not like I'm I got vintage shit I gotta worry about replacing. So if they give me new right. value for it, I'll be fine. Um yep. but like if for those of you who don't have insurance, definitely yeah. look into getting it. It's very cheap. Yeah, if you've got homeowners, and I've heard too many stories about people having somebody break in their house and steal all their shit. Yep. And we don't realize how much money we spent. That's right. You, if you have homeowners, make sure your homeowners will cover your gear, because mm-hmm. um, there is a there is a hobbyist um, level at the homeowners. Um, if you're a renter, make sure you have rental yeah. insurance that will cover your gear. Oh my God, please do. But you know, I can't tell you how many times that I see it on because um, I have a lot of you know pros and semi pros on my Facebook page, and constantly there, there's always somebody that goes, "Yep, somebody broke into my place, stole yep. all my gear." Have your serial numbers registered somewhere. Make sure your insurance company knows what your gear is, what its value is, where it's wrapped, you know, what serial numbers are. Mm-hmm. You just want to make sure. And if your insurance company doesn't want to do any of that for you, just get clear in. Like they're not yeah. even that expensive. I mean, no. I, I got quoted, so for, you know, we're talking about $6,000 worth of gear and I got quoted like 10 bucks a month. It's yeah. Nothing. So yeah, it's, um, it's very cheap. When you consider that you probably spend more on strings, you know, yeah. it's, it's just, it's stupid not to, um, but you know, be that as it may, if you, if you don't have insurance, get it. Um, the point is, I guess with this whole thing is that we, we spend, we spend this money 
chasing something. And like the things that we should be spending the money on are things like amplifiers and cabinets and not so much pedals. And like you and I are both guilty of doing this at some point where we've had like a board with, you know, thousand dollars in it or whatever. And it's like, look, your pedals should just fit what you're doing right now. It's not, you don't have to have like every drive you're ever going to need on your board. It that's just ridiculous. Like, Which is why I should mention my new pedal, the Looper. Yeah, you got that RC. RC3. Jim's just still running away from the fucking wagon. Hundred bucks. Hundred bucks. No, it it J- doesn't J- change my Jim, tone. Jim needs it. It does Jim, not change my tone. Whether or not Jim had, had fallen off the wagon by this point, Jim's going to have to because he's changing his band situation. Yep. So, And I got to figure out, you know, hey, anybody that's done this before, because this is the first time I'm using a Looper in a, in a live regular context. live situation. Um, if you have done this, um, maybe you could pipe in and say, Hey, this is the best way to use it. Cause what I'm thinking is, cause it's got 99 slots and three hours of memory. I'm thinking about just going in, recording the loops. Yep. Making my own loops. Mm-hmm. And then that way I can do it. Cause I don't, you know, that's what I want to do with my, my, uh, cause I have the, the, um, Jim got the RC three from boss. I have the Digitech equivalent, uh, yep. The, What's that? The Jam Man? Yeah, the Jam Man XT or whatever the hell it is. Uh, yeah, XT yes, the XT or whatever. Um, yeah. I, that's what I have, and uh, mine's got so yours has got every in and out under the sun on it too. Um, yeah, mine has got like the you can get an extra foot switch, and I also have the, the trio. So, but I've never like I bought it with the intention of doing exactly what we're talking about, and I've never done it. I can load whole backing tracks on mine. My whole problem has been. It'd be great if I was an instrumentalist who, all right, I'm going to play E, A, and B for 15 minutes and I'm going to solo over it. But, you know, because that's what you see in all these demos. So when I get this done, I'm going to upload a demo of me using it that is actually that is, like playing real yeah. music. Well, we know like, there's some small. guys in 60 Cycle that do that, that actually like go out and gig and do a whole show with a looper. And that's, yeah. I'm, I, my hat's off to those guys because. I mean, yeah. you got your shit's You got to have your shit in order in order to pull that off. Um, I agree. So, Jim, my thoughts for you are like, you're going to have a good time with this, but it's going to be a yeah. lot of work. It's going, um, yeah. It's got. I got months of prep time. But look at it this way: you could you could charge the same amount as a full band. I know, or or, or half, and take it all home. Yep, that's and that's my logic to it right now. Is I can walk in, get fifty to seventy five dollars an hour in this area easily, easily, yeah. and um, do a two hour minimum gig. So, you know, yeah. I can run on a weekend. I can literally run two gigs a day. Um, you know, and run. Uh, you know, that's four gigs on the weekend or five gigs on the weekend. Actually, if I'm well. I'll, I'll, I'll help as well, you. which is what I used to do when I was when I was young. I'll help you with the tech side of things, like whatever you need, because like I understand, you know, using Ableton and stuff in the live environment and all that. If you if you ever get like that far along with it, but um, yep. and I and I'm curious because like I want to learn to do the same thing for myself because um, yep. I'm tired of dealing with flaky ass musicians too. Oh, um, yeah. So you know, like we'll learn together. But um, yep. I guess this whole like discussion about. You know the tonal yellow brick road, and and yeah. and the moral of this whole story is that we all need to be cognizant of what we do to get our sound right. and right. and our feel. That's the yellow brick road side of it. Is our feel? Does that guitar feel right? Is it too heavy? Is it too light? Is it too thin? Is it too big? You know. Um, we've said this before. You might walk up to somebody and they're like, "Yeah, the best." Like Ed Cock. He'll be the first one to tell Greg you. Cock. Yeah, my my um Greg Cock. Thank you. Who who the hell is Ed Cock? Oh, that was a that was a politician in the in the seventies in New York City. Anyway, let's just call him Man Squatch um, from now on. Yeah, Man Squatch. Um, so Greg Cock, who's this huge guy, Man Squatch, and and he even said he said there, I would love to be able to play you know X Y Z guitars all night long, but my hands are too big. Which you know, wish I had that problem. But then again, I'm not him, and now he wishes he had my problem, which is his hands were smaller. So he's insane. You know, <laughs> oh yeah, he's an insanely huge man. Um, as far as height goes, he used to be a little heavier, and he lost a lot of weight. But, yeah, you can see um, him at Gearfest because he was like a foot taller than everyone. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <clears throat> um, I, I saw people with him, and I knew how tall these people were because I stood next to them, and I yeah. thought 
That is one tall son yeah, he's of a, a bitch. big motherfucker. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm I, I'm willing to share that even Ryan uh, standing next to him was uh, was I, relatively. Uh, Ryan's Ryan's fucking. He's he's the size of a tree too. Um, and yeah. and the funny part about Greg Cock is that uh, he, he his hands are so big he looks like he can palm a basketball. Yeah, and like yeah. even those big ass Telecasters and the giant fuck next to he plays. Yep. <laughs> like, you see him, and he's 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 still massive compared to them. It's like what oh, in yeah. the hell? <laughs> well, he was like um, I, when I met Charlie Daniels, this one really big dude. I watched him playing the Les Paul, you know, um, in person, and I said to myself, "Wow, he makes it look like a fiddle." And when he plays a fiddle, it looks like he's playing a toy. Because I yeah, watched the guy, yeah, he, yeah, was right there. He's massive too. Um, yeah, you know, so. As since we're talking about size and guitars, and this is yep. where this episode is kind of coming to a close here. Um, you know what I've always thought about doing, and this goes along I'm with sorry. the project guitar thing. So, um, I played Gibson scale guitars, right? And I yeah. look at these guys, these huge fingers, and I go, "Man, they can make these giant fuck stretches." And like, it's really obviously allowed them. Paul Gilbert, good example, has yep. allowed them to do some incredible things on the instrument. Yep. I'm going. You know, these guys go to. Equits or whoever to get a guitar made for them, and yeah. I kind of look at it and I go, "Why doesn't? Why don't I just go to somebody and be like, can you make me like a twenty-three inch scale, right? Like right. a twenty-three yeah. inch scale guitar? Because like, honestly, I could do the same shit if my guitar was smaller. Yeah, you know, same size body, just twenty-three inch, twenty-three inch scale neck, and yeah, would that be possible? I'm I mean, sure. Yeah, why not? A luthier out there that could that could take like um. Build a uh, Les Paul style guitar only with a um, shorter neck. I gotta be. I gotta be honest. I love the neck on this freaking SG. Well, man. so thing. you're gonna have to run different string gauges, obviously. Oh, but of I mean, but I mean, then I could do all the stuff that like Steve I does. You know, my fingers aren't yeah. as big as this. But the other crazy part about that is you like, basically relearn the instrument because oh. all of your all of your preconceived notions about the distance between things are like completely fucked at that point. Um, and it's almost like if you've ever played like a 27 inch scale for a while and then tried to go back to like a 24 and three quarter, it's like, what am I doing here? It, it actually, the classic example would be playing a bass and then going back to a guitar, your arms clear the fuck out, like, you know, over in left field somewhere. And then you get on the guitar and it feels like it's all scrunched up next to you. Oh my God. I'll tell you. So I played in a, um, I was playing in like three bands at the same time I was playing guitar in two bands, a bass and another. And so, and some of them, I had the same songs. Yeah. Playing the same songs and singing those songs lead. So yeah, I could, I could talk about how that could fuck you up. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> Cause you're, you're like, okay, wait a minute. I have a lot of space in between these. Tra- no, I don't. And then, and then yeah. he's like, Oh, I got a lot. Oh yeah. I got these huge. Fr- oh no, I don't. <laughs> Dude, even going. So all right. Even going from just like like my Gibson SG to my to my S five hundreds, the string spacing's different. And yeah. ju- just that, like, the, I remember when I had my Godin, um, Godin, yeah. Godin, whatever. When I had yeah, that guitar, too. and the string spacing was so different to everything yeah. else I had, I could shred the fuck out of my strats. And I go back to that guitar, and like I couldn't do any string skipping. I couldn't oh. do like it was just like everything fell apart. And I'm going, yeah. why the hell is this? Because I was Golden's young. I didn't, weird... I didn't know back then. Like, I didn't. And now that I know, I'm like, oh, it's a string spacing. Like, that's yeah. why the pick never felt right when it was going in between strings. And, like, I couldn't sweep or anything like that. Like, it totally makes yeah, sense they, now. Yeah, they have a weird string spacing on those guitars. Well, you know, it's it's actually like. On their electrics. Their acoustics are yeah, different. I think, they're, I think they're actually closer together than yes. either Fender or Gibson. Yep. I think they're like really narrow and yes. which is okay. I have small hands, I guess. Um, actually they, I've heard people complain about GNL saying that they're too close together yep. and that it's hard to cord and stuff. But I'm like, I had to go to Ann. This is not going to, this is a cakewalk. <laughs> like it's <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> you started in the right place. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, I was playing bass um, and I was playing a five string jazz Fender American deluxe. Uh, not jazz. I'm sorry. Um, a Fender um, Precision five string uh, American Deluxe, and that thing was just. First of all, I wish I hadn't sold that bass because I. Yeah, those five string Precisions are really cool. 
Like they're a lot hard of to people get love them. Well, if you look, there's a video. I put it on Rockin' Guitars. I could probably put it in our group um, of me playing it. And if you see yeah, it, I saw it. Um, the bass, the, so the, the bridge um, pickup was this deluxe, like double jazz. Yeah, pickup. yeah. And then I had the standard precision um, humbucker in the it was a PJ. other spot. So, yeah, so it, it instead of being a single coil jazz, though, it was a humbucker, like, like two jazz stuck yeah. together. Um, and it really, really, I mean, first of all, it was, it was, um, I saw one today, but it was a four string. I'm like, Oh, it was two grand. Um, and, uh, but it was a four string and I'm like, oh, I really, I suppose I could tune it to be, I was sitting there telling myself, don't buy it. But the other side was like, Oh, I'm just tune so it to a five string. It's fine. Well, nobody I was, uses yeah, that I was, high string anyway. <laughs> yeah, there's a again. I got to that that thing. That's what made me think about those har, the old Harmony Central um, forums. Yeah, that's yeah. how long ago I was. I was playing bass for a band, but um, yeah, everybody was like, "Yeah, just tuned to B A B E A and D." Nobody plays on the G string anyway. I'm like, really? Have you not played? Have you not covered um, all right now by free? Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> have you ever have you ever played bass guitar in your life? Like. Yeah, I can think of or, so many or, yeah. songs where they just like they're going nuts with that G string. In fact, if, right. you, if you really want to talk about it, John Entwistle, like a lot of his style is based on the fact that there's a G string available yeah. for him. Um, yep. So I don't know. Anyway, um, we're rounding out the episode. If we did, if we just rambled, I hope our rambling right. was entertaining at least and fun. Yeah, entertaining, fun, stupid, whatever. Tell um, us about your golden, your your um, yellow brick road. Yeah, tell us what's tell important us. to your tone. Like, yeah. what is the one stupid thing that we've like we've harassed about in this or opined about in this episode? Right. That like you're like, no, I absolutely my picks are like crucial to my sound. Right. Um, and again, we can talk about the subtractive thing here as part of this too before we wrap up. And that's of course the whole idea that if you don't have effects pedals in the way and you're just going guitar cable amp. And obviously, yep. it amplifies your picks, your strings, your, the cables you're using, like because yep. those are now the only things you can do to change your signal. Oh, yeah. Um, and you know, even if you're going direct, like that throws a whole other fucking thing into the wrench. If you're going direct, like, and I'm, when I say direct, I mean like you're literally plugging your guitar into the board. Yeah. Um, in in the studio or something, your guitar better sound damn good because. Yep you're going to be able to hear all the flaws like no other. So just be aware that that kind of stuff don't don't. And, and this is why I get ticked off at fluff's comments. And, and part of the reason why we ended up on this whole discussion and took that episode, you know, two episodes longer um, is because people love to say what works for them works for everyone. And that's yeah. bullshit. And we need yeah. to get away from not. that. We need to get away from that. Look, not everybody can get by on, on every gig with all boss pedals. You didn't see Prince going around telling everybody, what the fuck are you buying that for? You just need boss pedals. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that goes right back to my, my comment that what works for someone else, because physically or mentally, they're different than you. It's, it's just, it's just the case. Don't think that when you, if you're handed so-and-so's guitar, um, an entire rig, you're going to sound like them because you're not. Yeah, did you see that clip going around a long time ago with Eric Johnson playing through Zach Wilde's cousin, or Zach uh, Wilde yeah, audio yeah. guitars? And like, they're like, oh, it's just, so it's just like Zach. I was like, no, it doesn't. Or not Zach. Like, it sounds like Eric Johnson. I was like, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It sounds like Eric Johnson playing one of Zach Wilde's guitars. Zach, it's like, yeah, exactly. I was like, this is bizarre. No, it doesn't. Like you hear his technique and you're calling it his tone. That's not the same thing. Yep. I, I, that's a whole nother can of worms that we're not going to get into on this podcast. Hopefully ever. Because yep. I don't want no. the hate mail. But tone and technique, two separate fucking things. Get it right. Understand which is which. If you don't, look them up. Figure it out for yourself because I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So All right. we're, we're at an hour and three minutes. This is episode yep. two for uh, the last week of August in 2018. Yep. Um, for those of we're you coming that, up to our one year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we will be, by the time this one hits, unless something crazy happens, we will have over 5,000 listens. Yes. Yeah, so 5,000 downloads, 5,000 plus, whatever. Yep. We'll be in that. We'll be 
probably well beyond that at this point. Um, sure. You guys have all made that possible. Uh, we'd sure. like to thank our our uh, contributors to um, our Patreon. Uh, we're definitely yep. looking at putting some Patreon content together. I actually have some stuff I need to get done um, and get it posted up there. Um, yep. I got to finish my. I don't know uh, if we have anybody eligible one. for that content, but I'm just going to give it to him anyway because we only have like two supporters anyway. Yeah. Um, and anybody else who's interested in supporting us via Patreon, the link is in our Facebook group. If you're not yeah. uh, involved with the show, like on the Facebook level, I highly encourage it. We have an engaged group of people there who are really yes. willing to talk. Um, we yeah. love seeing that. We love that we That's haven't a had a very to, positive atmosphere over there. We haven't had to ban anybody. In a while, no, we had one in guy. A, in a while, one guy. In a we while. had one person make some poli- um, politically incorrect statements that had nothing to do. Yeah, with he lasted about six seconds. Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the beginning and the end of that. Um, but no, I, I everybody in the group, Jay Wells, all you guys. Um, I, I was yeah. going to go through a list of names, but I can't think of everybody right now. Fuzzmonger, Fuzzmonger, um, Carlos. Uh, yep. Carlos Mancha, like all you guys, uh, thank for thank you for making the group a great place, and uh, continue to foster your goodwill to others. So, with that being said, uh, I've been David. I have been Jim, and, and we have been we have been the practical guitarists. Absolutely. And I used my catchphrase again. That being said, I'm done. <laughs> Bye.